Hi, everyone. I want to keep this short. You all know about the great products here at Old Time Radio DVD. Well, now's the time to purchase. Why now? Just can't afford to keep on doing this forever for free. So go to oldtimeradiodvd.com. Take advantage of our great pricing. Many? Well, I think I can take uh, five gallons. Going on to Dover. How far is it? About 30 miles. There must another tank, too, fool. Taking the night ferry. That's right. Tomorrow morning, I drive off the quay in France. Start your holiday early in the morning in another country, and you get a feeling of, well, you know, of freedom. There's nothing like it. You can do with a bit better weather, then. Real old English summer we have. <laughs> Look at it now. You know, it wasn't raining when I left London. Don't say. Funny old weather we've got. In France, it'll be good weather. Sunshine as soon as I get there. You're an optimist. Oh, I don't know. In another country, everything seems different. Anything else, sir? Oh, uh, would you just check the oil and battery? Yeah, right, you are. They're okay. No, oh, thanks. That'll be, uh, one pound, four and tuppence. Uh, here you are. Look, keep the change. Thank you, sir. Hope it keeps fine for you. It will. Oh, mm. miles, eh? Let's have some music. Yet another government scandal. Damn, wrong station. A murder in Kimball. Huh? An elderly woman, Mrs. Mary Ford, was found murdered earlier this evening in her house on the outskirts of the village of Oastley in Kimball. She had been brutally attacked and beaten. The house had been ransacked. And Mrs. Ford was something of a recluse, and it is thought that she kept a considerable sum of money in the house. But the police are anxious to interview a man who they believe can help them in their inquiries. Mm. That's all I What do you think you're doing, standing in the middle of the road like that? If I hadn't had my eyes open, you'd have been killed. A torch. Well, I didn't see it. I've had a breakdown. I didn't see your car. Well, it's down that little side road you've just passed. A good long way down. <laughs> What's wrong with the car? I hate to say it, but I think the big end's gone. And for me, that's serious. Well, for anyone, I should think. Well, especially for me, old man. Now, look here, can you give me a lift? Oh. I'm getting soaked. There's a transport cafe a couple of miles down the road. If you could drop me off there, I can make a phone call. Well, there's an AA box a mile back. Mm, haven't got my key, old man. All right, then get in. Many, many thanks. You're a real good Samaritan. Yeah.
I'm dripping over your seat. Sorry. It doesn't matter. Going far? To Dover. Then across to France. Driving off the quay in another country. That's a wonderful feeling. Yes. Lucky chap. Lucky chap. Wish I was coming with you. You married? Uh, no, 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 I'm not. Lucky man. Well, I don't really mean that, you know, but... Uh, when I think of you single chaps, flat in London, time's your own, do what you like, go where you like, I feel envious sometimes. I didn't say I had a flat in London. And I work too, even if I don't have a regular job. Mm. What's your line, then? I'm a writer, a freelance journalist. There you are. Freelance. Freedom. Oh, brother. Now, I said this breakdown was especially serious for me, and do you know why? Huh? I'm a commercial traveller. One of the knights of the road. And the old bus is my steed, as you might say. Without it, I'm lost. Point is, I must get to Folkestone tonight. I've got an appointment there, first thing in the morning. If they can get my car going, well and good. But if not, I'm in trouble. Well, since you were going to Dover... You did say you were. Yes. Well, you won't mind dropping me off at Folkestone, will you? Be the most tremendous help, old man. And waiting five minutes at the cafe while I phone... Phone? About the car. Must do something about it, you know. Make the gesture anyway. Oh, all right. What line do you travel in? Woolens. All sorts of uh, woolens. You've got no samples. I left my samples case in the car, old man. Didn't want to drag it about with me. And your overnight case, too. Yes, that's right. Used to traveling light, you know. Sleep where I lay my head. <laughs> Shocking business, that murder. What murder? Haven't you heard? Local one. Only a few miles away. Ostly, was it? Old woman had her head bashed in. Nasty business from the sound of it. Well, they'll get the chap, though. Yeah, somebody saw him coming out of the house. Police are anxious to interview Joe Dokes. Yeah, we all know what that means, don't we? You seem to know a lot about it. Well, I'm interested, you see. Are you interested in murder? Well, the... <laughs> Not so particularly. Mm, I am. And I'll tell you why. Murder is easy. What are you slowing down for? I just passed a sign up there. Single-line traffic. Grows up. No, oh, I see. Didn't notice it. Yeah, well, murder is easy, as I say. I mean, look at the two of us in this car. Huh? You give me a lift, but you don't know me from Adam. Nobody sees me get in. I put a revolver in your ribs, tell you to pull over and stop. I shoot you, toss your body out of the car, drive away, leave the car in some town or other. Have to make sure I'm not spotted leaving it, of course. Then take two or three train and bus rides to put the coppers off the scent and I'm away. With whatever's in your wallet, of course. <laughs> it's been done, you know. I'm a student of crime and I know. Damn. Sorry, old man. I seem to be putting you off your stroke. Oh, no. I, uh, I was just thinking of the different things you'd leave lying around, which would mean you'd be caught, you know. Every murderer makes a mistake. Well, fingerprints, for instance. I'm wearing gloves, old man. You didn't notice. <laughs> you must forgive me. I've got a funny sense of humor. Oh. Murder is fascinating, though. You must agree about that. I mean, the psychology of it. A chap goes in a house, bashes up an old woman in the hall, gets her money, what is it, 50 pounds, 100. 
He's got to live with what he's done for the rest of his life. Do you reckon it's going to worry him? I don't. Uh, uh, a tramp at the door. You think that's what it was? The only thing that makes sense, isn't it? But I'll tell you how we'll know. If it was the tramp, call him that, you know what I mean? The police will get him in a couple of days. He'll have left his dirty paw marks or footprints or something all over everywhere. Everywhere. But now, suppose the chap who did this job is a real artist in murder. Suppose he planned it all out in advance. Hmm. Then you'll find the police are making further investigations. Following up further clues provided by a one-armed farm labourer, that kind of thing. You ever read the Quincy? Murder as a fine art? No, I can't say I have. It's got something, you know. Makes you shiver a little bit as you read it. Murder as an art is what interests me. Huh? Hmm. And the really clever murderer, he just doesn't get caught. <laughs> I don't see how you know. You're right, old man. How could I know? <laughs> <laughs> How could I know? But the cafe's just coming up now. Joe's coming. Oh, right there well. on the left. That's it. Oh, oh yes, yes. Come on. Uh, look, I've got to get on to Dover. I think perhaps... Don't be more than five minutes in here, old man. I could do with a cup of charm. But... Expect you could, too. Come on, I won't take all night. Evening, gents. What'd it be? Two cups of tea, Joe. Nice and strong, the way Mother makes it. And uh, can you do us sausages and chips? Right away. But look here, now, I don't want anything to eat, and I've got to get on. Anyway, I'm not much of a sailor. Plenty of time if you're going for the night, Perry. Won't be a couple of minutes. We'll both feel better with something hot inside us. I told you I don't want anything to eat. Mm, very well. Just a cuppa for my friend here. Right up. I thought you wanted to telephone. So I do. Can I use your phone, Joe? In the corner, mate. Help yourself. Thanks. Joe? Yes? Uh, you don't mind my calling you that? No, no, it's all right. I, I wonder if you happen to have a copy of an evening paper. A latest one. Afraid I haven't. Very like Charlie has over there. Just brought his truck in a few minutes ago. Charlie, got the paper? Who wants it? Well, I just wanted to, to have a look at it. Oh, yeah. Uh, help yourself, then. It's the latest one. Oh, it should be. I've got it at Maidstone. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome, mate. Mm. Let's see. Two teas and one sausage and chips. Where's your friend? I suppose he's still telephoning. Oh, but he's not my friend. I just picked him up on the road. Oh, he's hitchhiking, eh? Wrong time to pick. He says he's had a breakdown. Funny thing, you know. I've got a feeling I've seen him before. He tells me he's a commercial traveller. Yeah, he could be. Don't seem quite right, though. The thing is, he... He talks in a very funny way, almost as if he's drunk. But he's not drunk, or I smell it in his breath. He keeps on talking about... Yeah? 
About murder? You don't say. Did you have your radio on a few minutes ago? Yeah. The news? They said something about a murder in Kent. Yes, yes, I did hear it. That's right. Well, I was wondering if... Oh, here he is. Ah, the old bangers. It's all right for you, then? Lovely grub. Uh, did you make your phone call? Certainly did. Tried a couple of local garages. No dice. Then I rang the AA. They're going to get someone there as soon as they can. But I told them just to tow away the car if they had to, or look after it for the night. I thought I'd go on to Folkestone with you anyway, since you've been kind enough to offer. I see. I mean, it's going on for 11 now, and I don't want to get stranded. You've got an hotel booked in Folkestone for the night. Yes, that's right. Uh, have you rung them? They won't like you arriving at midnight. I'll tell you what now, it's, uh, it's not exactly a hotel. I've got a, a lady friend. In Folkestone, I'm staying with. As <laughs> <laughs> mm. a matter of fact, that's the real reason I want to get to Folkestone tonight. And can you blame me? I suppose not. But I shan't be a couple of minutes now, and then we can be away. I'm not taking you. Not taking me? It won't do, you know, your story. It just won't do. I don't know what you're talking about. I'll tell you. First of all, you're not a commercial traveller. And next, I don't believe you've got a car. Well, how'd you make that out, old man? You say you're a commercial traveller and you've got an important appointment tomorrow morning in Folkestone. Now, I've met one or two commercial travellers and I'll tell you something about them. They're absolutely never parted from their samples case. They're lost without it. Well, naturally they are because they've got nothing to show. But you not only leave it in your car, so you say, but you're not even going to bother to collect it tonight. You could have arranged to get the AA to pass this way and drop the bag in here. You could have arranged for them to take you into Folkestone. Why not? Because you didn't telephone. You just pretended to make a call. Mm. You don't mind if I use a toothpick, old man, do you? Not at all. Always have to after I eat. Food gets between my teeth. Gaps, you know. Mm. Lots of gaps. <laughs> you don't really sound like a commercial traveller, you know. All that talk about being a knight of the road, it's not the way commercial travellers talk nowadays. I'll tell you what you do sound like. You sound like an actor, not a very good actor, playing the part of a commercial traveller. <laughs> no wonder you're a writer. You've got a terrific imagination, old man. Could you do with another cover? I think you'd better listen to me. All right. But a cover makes a good story better. Joe, can we have two more cups of char? Coming up. And then the car. You said you left it a good way down a side road. Now, it wasn't raining all that hard, but you were very wet. And just look at your shoes. The mud on them. I'll tell you what those shoes look like. They look as though you haven't been just walking along a road. You've been walking, or maybe running, across fields. Sherlock Holmes! <laughs> Honestly, give over. Here's your tea. Uh, thank you. What's your car number? AKT113. Make? Mitchell Ensign. Um, Universal Woolens Limited. Have you got anything on you to show you what you say you are? Well, let's have a look, shall we? Yes, that's. Uh, grocer's bill. 
letter from one of my lady friends. I don't think I'll show you that, though. Might shock you. <laughs> Odds and ends. No, I don't seem to have a card. I never carry my driving license about with me. I'm afraid I might lose it. <laughs> a commercial traveller, and he hasn't got a card. Well, without a card, a commercial traveller doesn't exist. Look, I'm not a chap who takes offence easily, old man, but this is a bit beyond a joke. If you've got something to say, some reason why you won't give me a lift into Folkestone, come straight out and say it. What's the point of all this? Right. Ostley, where that old woman was murdered, is only a few miles from where I picked you up. You tell me this cock-and-bull story about being a commercial traveller. You talk about murder, and you do it in a very queer way. What does that add up to? Not much to But go. I haven't finished the adding up yet. There's still the biggest item to come. Oh, begin it off, then, Joe. See ya! See ya! What item? The murder. Poor old Mrs. Ford. How did you know about it? I read it in the paper. Oh, no, my friend. Here's the final edition. Charlie, who's just gone out, bought it at Maidstone. I've looked at it. Carefully. There's nothing about the murder. How could there be when it didn't happen until about seven o'clock? I heard it on the ten o'clock news, happened to switch on the car radio, but how did you hear it? Same way as you. I was in the pub and they had the radio on. I don't believe you. I picked you up, oh, only a couple of minutes after I'd heard it. And another thing. They didn't say anything on the news about her being killed in the hall. The hall. Didn't they? Not a word. Well? Well what? What's the explanation? I told you, I was in a pub. That won't do, it just won't do. Maybe it was the nine o'clock news, not the ten o'clock. There is no nine o'clock news. Well, is that so? It used to be. I, I must be behind the times. Hmm. Shall we be getting on, then? Do you really think I'm going to give you a lift after what I've been saying? I'd sooner give a lift to... to a tiger. Well, steady on now, old man. Don't go saying anything you might be sorry for. Are you going to leave me stranded? You've got a nerve. Evening, Joe. Evening, gentlemen. Oh, uh, good evening. Evening, Petso. Bit of the usual time, ain't you? Oh, got a big load on. Can I have the usual? Two eggs, sunny side up, bangers and chips. Tea coming up. I'm going. Just a minute. Let go of my arm. I said just a minute. Do you want me to telephone the police? I said, let go of my arm. What's up over there? Look, gents, if you're having an argument, I'd sooner you had it outside. My friend's a little bit excited, that's all, Joe. Just a question of how far he's taking me. Don't sound much to get excited about. He's an excitable type. I'm not giving you a lift anywhere. Sit down and tell me why. Just tell me why, that's all I ask. Well, I should have thought it was obvious. There's been a murder committed this evening. I pick you up a few miles from where it was done. You're wet, muddy, and you tell me a tale that's complete nonsense. So you think I did it? <laughs> Why not ring the police and tell them? All right, I'll tell you why not. Here you are, Patrick. Where's me bread and butter? Go, coming up. Tell me then. 
Can I trouble you gents for the mustard? Help yourself. Much obliged. Say, are you all right? Uh, thank you. Yes, quite all right. Oh, look a bit of a funny colour. <laughs> Top of the mustard. Why not ring the police when you've worked everything out so nice and logical? Two reasons. I want to get away now. If I call the police, it means I can't leave England tonight. Perhaps not for, well, not for days. It's selfish. Antisocial, I suppose you'd call it. But I've got to get away. I've just got to. And the other reason? I don't approve of capital punishment. Hunting people down. Informing on a man to the police. I simply couldn't do it. So you won't shock me, but you won't help me, is that it? That's right. I've got my suspicions, but I don't want to know whether they're right or not. If I'm wrong, there's no harm done. Someone else can give you a lift. If I'm right, then I'm giving you a chance. Even a murderer deserves a chance, is that it? Oh. Are you sure there isn't a third reason? What? What do you mean? We haven't been introduced, have we? My name's Golightly. What's yours? You've forgotten it. Shall I tell you what I think your name is, then? I think it's Richard Martin. What's that? Isn't that your name? Uh, no. <laughs> My name's Grant. Well, let's pretend it's Richard Martin, shall we? And listen while I tell you a story. I'm going. I shouldn't go outside if I were you. Not yet, anyway. Just let me tell you about Richard Martin. It won't take five minutes. I'm sure you'll find it interesting. How was it, Fetcher? <sighs> I can do the old lot again, I tell you. Hey, same again, then. No, no, I... no, no. I, I've got to think of my figure. Yeah. Just make it another cover. Cover coming up. Uh, here we are. You want to keep an eye on those two across there? I've been trying to remember who the big one is. Huh? And it's... Once upon a time, there was an old lady named Mrs. Ford who lived on her own outside a village called Ostley. Yeah, she was supposed to have quite a bit of money, but she was very close with it, no doubt about that. No sons, no daughters, so what did it matter? Who cared? Well, there was one person who did care, and that was her nephew, whose name was... Had you guessed it? Richard. Richard Martin. Often came down, Richard did, and always trying to get money out of his aunt, or so they said in Osley. Been convenient for Richard if his aunt had died, wouldn't it? No doubt she's told him she'd left him everything in her will. You know the way close-fisted old people talk. You'll get everything when I've gone, dear. But in the meantime, now I'm afraid I can't pay that bill. But here's a five-pound note to be going on with. Yeah. Very irritating to a young man like Richard, who liked gambling, so they say. It was by way of being a sort of freelance writer. Did I tell you that? A journalist, really. Though people don't seem to think he made much of a living at it. Come on, come on. Well, one fine evening, it was a wet evening as a matter of fact, Mrs. Ford is murdered. Bashed over the head quite brutally, house ransacked, everything turned upside down, made to look like a spur-of-the-moment job. But it wasn't, though. Now, there's a witness who saw the murderer leaving the cottage. What? Didn't know him. The witness is a newcomer to the village, but he said he'd recognize him again in a minute. He described him for us nicely. And this witness not only saw him, 
but heard him. Heard him? Yes, it was whistling. Sky boat song. Catchy tune, isn't it? Favourite of yours. You were whistling it just after you gave me a lift. Out of tune, am I? Sorry. You said... Described him... For us. You're a detective? Detective Sergeant Go Lightly, local CID, at your service. But I don't come in the story yet. I'm coming to me. What we think happened is this. Richard came down hoping to touch the old lady for a bit of money. Got wild when she didn't stump it. Had a row and killed her in... Well... The heat of the moment, you might call it. Then he tried to fix things to look as if it had been done by a stranger. Then he haired off back to London and decided to take a trip abroad, which was a bit silly, come to think of it. He'd far better have stayed put. We found out his plans when he rang his flat. The young man he shares it with told us that Richard had decided to go on a holiday abroad quite suddenly. No. He was taking the car, going down to Dover. We knew the car number, so Detective Sergeant Go Lightly, poor mug, is detailed off to stand in the road and stop it. He got very wet. We had other people on other roads Richard might have taken doing the same thing. You've got nothing against me. You made a slip, you know. You said Mrs. Ford was killed around seven o'clock. Mm, so she was. But that wasn't in the radio news item. Let me go! I'm going! Daddy, Sergeant, watch out! Now then, Joey, I don't want no trouble. They're waiting out there for you. Don't try to stop me. I've got a gun! Yes, sir. He made a slip. Mentioned the time she was killed, but there were only the two of us, and of course he'd have denied it. I'd have tackled him in the yeah. car, but I thought he might have a gun. That's why I phoned. You did right. What made him run? I told him there was a witness who'd seen him leave the house. Heard him whistling that song. You remember, one of the villagers said he was fond of it. There was no witness. No, sir. But he didn't know that. And he was fond of whistling. Whistled in the car. I don't like it myself. Bad habit. Can get you into a lot of trouble. <laughs> 